Welcome to Slaying the Sale, a podcast full of practical real-life sales lessons that you wish you learned in business school. Your host, Kyle, is a two-time best-selling author, creator of the Slaymaker Method, and in each episode, he and his guests will be answering the tough questions around sales, lead generation, and all things business to help you transform your sales mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Kyle Slaymaker. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Slaying the Sale. I am your host, Kyle Slaymaker, and I am incredibly excited and proud to announce that we are sitting on the charts in both the United States and Canada. We are crushing it all because of you. So to the thousands out there that downloaded it, you guys rock. I'm appreciative. We're going to jump right into our interview today with Mr. Todd Freeman, the founder of Karali Marketing. Todd, tell us about yourself, brother. What's going on, Kyle? How are you doing today, man? Oh, I'm living the dream. I got I got you on my apex brother. We're gonna have some yeah, fun. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Uh, a little about me. Well, uh, I live in New York City, Manhattan. Uh, I live here with my wife, and I run. Technically, I run two marketing agencies. Uh, one for each of the specific uh, industries that we work with. So we have one that's uh, focused on the automotive industry, an uh, industry that I spent close to ten years working in. And then another uh, marketing agency for a different industry that we actually just started working with, which is Corali Marketing, as you just introduced me as. Uh, Corali Marketing focuses on the residential low voltage integration industry. So uh, business owners that specialize in security systems, surveillance systems for homes, home theater, uh, audio video, home automation, things of that nature. Wow. That's, that's a very impressive. It's, it's awesome that you have two separate niches. It's cool. Um, so I got to ask, since you obviously have a background in the automotive industry, how did you, I guess the term isn't really transitioned into another industry, but how did you jump into that, that other one? Uh, just getting into low voltage integration. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I love the car business. Um, it, you know, I love cars in general. I've always been, you know, a car geek. That's kind of one of the reasons why I got into the business. Uh, but I, I actually don't come from the sales side of the car business. I come from the service side. So I was actually a tech for close to 10 years of my life. And I started at a Chrysler, this is going to date me, but a Chrysler Plymouth and Jeep dealership. Uh, I was like 20, 21 years old. And then I went to a mini dealership. And then at that point, I was like, you know, if this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, I need to like get educated on this and actually like learn about like cars, learn about all, you know, the complex systems. So I went to school for it uh, in Boston where I grew up. And then pretty much like during my four years in school there, I got this idea that said, you know, look, if this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, I want to do something cool with it. You know, I don't want to be just another Honda mechanic or even another BMW or Mercedes mechanic. I want to work on something cool. I want to work on something that not a lot of people in this world can say that they do. So I actually ended up getting a job at a small independent repair shop uh, in the Boston suburbs, and they specialized in all high-end exotic sports cars. So every day I was surrounded by Ferraris. 
Porsches, Lamborghinis, Maseratis, the occasional Aston Martin, oh, uh, some of the older British cars. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Like it was not, um, it was not untypical to be surrounded by like two or three million dollars worth of cars on a daily basis. And that's, you know, that's what I wanted to do. And that was the dream job and everything kind of fell in line. And then when the financial crisis back in 08, 09 hit, I lost that job because I was still like, I was wrapping up school, but I was, you know, the, the low guy on the totem pole. So I had to be the one to go. So I basically, they didn't fire me, but my boss was just basically pulled me aside when I was like, dude, I don't have any work for you. I can barely keep these other guys who are here full-time fed with work. So I, you know, if we have something, you know, like a, a detail or something, I, I'll bring it in at least to do that, but I don't really have anything. So I got a job at a Land Rover dealership. I hated every second of it, ended up getting fired. Interesting enough, only job I've ever been fired from in my entire life. And after I got fired from that, I just said, you know, I, I need to try something different. Tried real estate for a bit, wasn't into it. And then I just, I don't know, I, I, I guess I got caught in one of those get rich quick schemes kind of a thing about, you know, here's how to make a hundred grand online. But, you know, as I went through it, I, I didn't make a hundred grand online my first year, obviously. But um, what did happen was I learned skills like search engine optimization and paid advertising and doing things like graphic design and building websites. And basically the idea came to me one day, well, why not just take these skills and bring it to these local businesses who actually need this kind of a service. And with my automotive background, I was like, boom, done. And that's kind of, that's pretty much how the journey started. How I got into residential low voltage integration was as much as I still love the car business and as much as I still see a massive opportunity uh, for growth from being a digital agency in it, I, I think winter is coming for the traditional business model of the car business. Uh, I, I don't think it's, it's not going to happen overnight, but I think it's, it's coming sooner than later. And I see this, uh, the residential low voltage is a growing industry very, very quickly. I think um, I'd read a statistic. I think it said that the compound annual growth rate was like 26% across the board for this oh, wow. industry. Yeah. So it's growing by leaps and bounds. And, you know, with the past two years, everyone's spending so much time in their homes having things like a home theater system or home automation, things like that, having, you know, audio video or souped up audio video in your home. Uh, I think really that that's the way people are going. So why not keep going with it? You know? No, that's, that's fantastic. I, I love the uh, game of Thrones Thrones reference there. So you, you scored points in my book with winner is coming. <laughs> yeah. It's oh man, one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, so you know, you you walked us through your journey of of you know becoming an entrepreneur and, and making that transition. Mm-hmm. What has been your favorite part of being an entrepreneur, either previously or currently? Like, just what's what's the one thing you enjoy the most about it? My favorite part of being an entrepreneur. Um, I think it's some. I think part of it is the relationships that I've been able to build with some of my customers over the long term, you know, with marketing agencies, it's very tough. It's a very tough industry to be in. It's a very tough service to offer. And it's also very tough to 
keep clients because depending on the services that you offer, it's really becoming a commodity business. So I've been very fortunate and I'm very grateful to have built up some very solid relationships that have lasted several years with my clients, which in the marketing agency space is unheard of. In most cases, if you're a marketing agency and you keep a client for 18 months, that's considered like the holy grail. And as I step into this new industry, that's that's not my MO. I, I want to have these clients. I want to have these relationships for years and years to come. I don't, I don't want to be a churn and burn type of agency because I think the burnout gets real with that. You, you, you spend all this time and effort to court a, a new prospective client, right? You go, they go through your sales process, you win the contract, you start working for them. And then 90 days later, they just, they're like, I don't want to do business with you anymore. It's, and then you just have to repeat the cycle all over again. So my focus is what can I do to build a long-term relationship with these clients? And obviously it doesn't work out with everyone. And that's just, I think that's part of being in business in general. But I think one of my favorite things really is just building these relationships. And then I think the other thing, I think the other thing is just, you know, figuring out different ways of harnessing the technology that I have access to and my team has access to, to be able to not just provide results for our clients, but also to bring clients in and what different creative ways can we use to do that sort of a thing. I love it. I, I it's it's interesting. Every time I record these episodes, right, I always find so many similarities between me and my guests, or um, my guests and I, depending if we have any English teachers out there. Um, yeah, you know, I think you're absolutely right. You know, when, when I think of digital marketing, and and I'm sure I'm not going to say anything that's offensive to you. Maybe I will. Who the hell knows? Dude, I'm um, from Boston, and I live in New York. Very, very <laughs> few things offend me. Let's be real here. Good. We'll we'll be good. Um, well, you're you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it's it's a saturated industry. It's mm-hmm. a really saturated, and I'm in a saturated industry too. You know, the, the, the barrier to entry in the, in the business coaching, the sales coaching um, environment is virtually nothing. I mean, right. there's like nothing that, that stops somebody from just going in and saying, I'm a coach, I'm a, I'm a strategist, uh-huh. whatever. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. You know, standing out and having these long-term, you know, year after year clients is really where it's at. So it's awesome to hear that you um, put that, you put that into perspective because I think a lot of my listeners out there, you know, have, have come across people like myself, whether they're coaching or they're doing digital mm-hmm. marketing. Um, there's a kid and hopefully I'm not being disrespectful by calling him a kid, but compared to me as a kid uh, in mm-hmm. my area who's doing digital marketing, doing what you're doing. Um, and very, very nice guy. I mean, he's, he's an awesome, awesome guy. Very good. Um, but I, I mean, He's making a name for himself, but for every one of him in my area, there's 50 to 60 other guys who are making it harder for him because they're not Uh providing the real value. So I'll hold your feet to the fire. How do you provide that value to set yourself apart? Great question. So here's what it comes down to. So with the way digital marketing in general has gone today, everyone's so focused on generating a lead, generate leads, generate leads, get these business owners leads. That's what they need. That's not what they need. That, that, that's a crock of shit. Business owners don't need necessarily leads. What they need is 
appointments. So that's the thing that I truly believe sets my marketing agency apart is we're not just focusing on getting a bunch of leads because I mean, look, anyone can take, you know, a a $47 course from some internet marketing guru and, you know, learn how to do Facebook ads and get, you know, $10, $15, $20 leads, but nine out of 10 times, those leads are going to be crap. So what it's really about is a couple of different things. First and foremost, you need to understand the markets that your clients want to be in. All right. Second of all, you have to understand how to talk to those prospective customers that your client is looking for. And then third, it's not just about generating a lead. It's taking that lead and turning it into a booked and confirmed appointment for them. So that's, that's really where we specialize in. So yes, we'll generate that lead, but then I have an in-house team that will reach out to that lead and just make the initial contact and just follow up, follow up, follow up until they either book an appointment or they say, don't ever call me again. Because as we all know, in sales, that sale is made somewhere between the fifth to 12th touch point, but yet most salespeople only make between one to three sales calls. So what yep. happens there is I have my team say, listen, you know, we might call these people two or three times a day from different numbers just to just to try to get the opportunity to get them on the phone. And it's going to be a case of either we get them on the phone and have a conversation and work towards getting them an appointment, or they're like, don't ever call me again. Who the hell are you? So it goes either way. But once we get them on the phone, and, and this is another thing in particular, and I think this right here is actually one of the biggest issues with the automotive industry from the sales aspect of it is the the BDC centers in car dealers. Yes, their whole purpose is to get an ass into a seat at the dealership on a, you know, on a Friday afternoon or a Saturday morning. So a salesperson can sell a car, but that BDC rep, all they're focused on ever is just, well, can you come in today or can you come in tomorrow? But yet if that BDC rep could learn how to engage with that prospect and help determine what are their issues and what are their needs and really figure out what it is that they're looking for, then not only are they going to be a lot more likely to book an appointment and a reason for booking appointments will show up, but it then makes it for this, makes it easier for the salesperson. So that's the other piece that we do is when we get someone on the phone, we engage with them. We figure out what their needs really are. What are their issues? And ultimately for our clients, is this a lead that can actually afford these services? And then once we figure that out, that's when we pass the appointment on to our client. And then it's up to them to go to the house, provide the estimate and win the contract. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. There's so many people out there doing the, you know, I'll, I'll give you, you know, it's PPC. They're getting as many leads as they can for paying per click. Um, so it's awesome that you're actually just sitting there qualifying the actual leads. I, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that should be a game changer, right? Just that, that little tweak, like when you think about it from somebody from us with a sales background, obviously, right. I'm sitting here hearing that you're qualifying. I'm like, Oh my God, that, that makes things so much easier. Right. 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 Because and for those of you out there that are listening, if you've ever been in a cold calling environment, it sucks. 
Yep. It sucks. I don't care if you're door knocking. I don't care if you're cold calling, social selling. I don't care. Um, but having qualified leads handed to you is, I mean, you want to talk about skyrocketing your conversion rate, skyrocketing your commission. It's also going to make your life a hell of a lot easier. So that's a fantastic, fantastic way to set yourself apart. That's awesome. Um, well, yeah, you know, the other piece about it is if you really think about it, so like in the instance of the car dealership world, you know, someone submits a lead to a car dealer and they'll get a call within a few minutes. And the whole conversation is based on the fact that, okay, I have a lead for someone who has some level of interest in a car, some level, but they never take the time to ask a few questions to figure out where, you know, how, what is their level of interest and where are they in their buying process? And that would be able to help them better determine, well, okay, I understand, you know, they just started looking. So they're thinking between car A, B, and C. Let me give them some time, you know, hey, go check out car A, go check out car B. When do you think you're going to do that? Okay, in a week? Great. I'll follow up with you in a week. Let me know if you've had a chance to check out car A and B. And then let's see if we can get you down here to come check out car C. There you go. That That's all it comes down to. But it's, it's beautiful. It's always been a thing of, well, can you come in today or tomorrow? No one wants to deal with those type of people because it's all... All they're doing is it's saying, hey, listen, I'm calling you about a car and it's all about me right now. It's not about you. And as we know in sales, the classic Brian Tracy line, everybody's favorite radio station, WIIFM, what's in it for me? No one cares about you. So th that's what it comes down to. So that that's one of the biggest things that I think really sets us apart and what we're doing from some of the other competition out there. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's fantastic. Um like I said, I mean, from a sales standpoint, anybody that's been in a, a sales role outside of entrepreneurship, if they've been in sales for the company, they know that, you know, buying lists, buying leads and stuff like that, you just get so much garbage, Yep. garbage, wrong numbers, people that aren't interested. And you're, you're wondering, like, why are you sitting here giving me these, telling me to call these? I'm spending hours a day making these calls, knocking on these doors of people who aren't interested. Mm -hmm. So it's fantastic. I, lo I love what you're doing. That's awesome. Thank you. All right, Thank let's, you. let's flip it. Let's flip it. All right, okay. so you talked about the best thing. What about the shittiest part? Tell me about the shittiest oh. thing that you've ever experienced in entrepreneurship, holding your feet to the fire. Shittiest thing in entrepreneurship. I, I think it's... So understand something. So like I said, I don't come from a sales background. Um, and I still mm -hmm. think I have a long way to go when it comes to, you know, learning to be really, really good at sales. So I, I think one of the, for me, at least just when I was getting started, straight up learning how to sell was, it was not easy for me because I was so used to being the technician at the dealership in the back, I never had to communicate with customers. It was always, you know, my service advisor would just hand me the ticket and said, okay, do the repair, don't do the repair. And that was that. I rarely ever had to talk to a customer. So I never, I never had to do any of that. So to go out there and to learn how to sell, I would get into a situation where I would get on the phone with someone and they would act all interested. And they, okay, l let me think about it. Call, call me next week. And I'm like, yes, 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 they're going to. Think about it. I got this. Week later, make the phone call. They never pick up. They never call back. Call them a few days later. They don't pick up. They don't call back. And I say, what the hell did I do? And 
you know, you can get sales training. And I think that's obviously something that closes the gap on that, but I didn't have that for a while. So the very beginning was a real, real struggle for me because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I would just, you know, the main reason I got into entrepreneurship was I just, I didn't want a boss. I wanted to travel more. And I just said, you know, listen, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have zero idea what I'm going to do. I don't know how the hell I'm going to do it. But I, I looked at my father. My father now has had his own CPA firm for shit, probably, probably 40, 45 years now. All right. He's had his own business for 40 some odd years. His parents had their own, uh, had their own business as well. Their parents had their own business. So I'm like, if my father figured this out, if my grandparents figured this out, fuck, I can figure this out. It might take me a while. And if there's one thing I've learned about myself is stuff like this usually does take me a while, but I figure it out one way or another. And so I, yeah, I, I think just the, just going through the motions, just the, the very beginning, it just, it sucks because you have such grand aspirations and you're like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to fucking kill it. And you fall flat on your face and then you fall flat on your face again. And you just, you get to a point where it's like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why, why am I even like thinking about doing this? And you kind of get to that point where you're like, you're just about to say, fuck it. And then something small happens and you, you get like a minuscule win. And then you get another one. And those wins, they compound over time, I think, is the way I look at it. No, that, I, I think that's a fantastic way to, to describe it. I, I mean, we've, we've all been there. For those listening that are contemplating jumping into entrepreneurship, which, of course, I highly, highly recommend. If you have the drive, if you have the, the ambition, you fucking go for it. You absolutely fucking go for it. Um, but it's it's so funny, like listening to the the journey, right? The journey that we've all experienced where you mm -hmm. just you're I mean, people's first year, two years starting out is is just a pain. It's a drudge. I mean, people will just try and try and try and they think they're not gaining any traction. I mean, it took me two years to have, you know, a year making month. Yep. Um, and you're right, though. It's those little wins. Those mm -hmm. little wins make you feel so damn proud, and they should make you feel so damn proud. Mm -hmm. So what about any advice for people that are just starting out or want to get started? What do you got for us? People that are just starting out or want to get started. Uh, I think this advice is going to be a little bit, um, that's what I'm looking for. I, I think it's going to depend on what your age is, you know, like, I, if you're in your twenties and this is something that you want to do, I think, you know, one of the biggest things to understand is that the bars will always be there. Your friends will always be there, but your opportunity to succeed in business isn't necessarily always going to be there. So if it's, you know, if this is something that you want to jump into, you're going to have to sacrifice some of those nights out with your buddies at the bar getting shit-faced. Uh, that, that's one thing that actually took me a while to realize that I needed to step away from. And it was one of the best, best things I ever did was just, you know, cutting down on the drinking. Uh, granted, it took me a while to do that, but, you know, that, that was definitely one thing. And then I think, you know, the other thing, like I just said, is you have to be the type of person that is just can be willing to just drudge through shit for 
a long time and be very okay with it. I, I remember, you know, I would like, there was for about a year and a half, th this was probably the defining year and a half in my business. So, you know, I, I started off, it sucked for a while. I got a few clients, you know, very low paying clients. And then I got like my first, like real, like good paying client. Right. And it, actually interesting enough, um, where is it? I still keep a photocopy of their check in my drawer just to remind me. And then I got a few more and then they all went away and I had to start back off at, you know, at step one again. So what I had done, you know, I, I took a step back and said, well, you know, what got me the success that I had seen? And it wasn't sending out a ton of emails. It wasn't, you know, cold calling on the phone. It was actually going into a car dealership, walking right in and just saying, Hey, I want to speak to the general manager. I want to speak to the dealer principal. And I, nine times out of 10, the gatekeeper would be like, no. So I'm like, okay, I got to get creative then. What, what can I do in this case? So what I did, and so what I would do is uh, every, every Sunday, I would go to the supermarket and I would buy like 20 packages, like big plastic packages of peanuts. I would rip the label off. I would make my own label on Photoshop print it out, cut it, tape it together. And then I would get in my car for the next week and just drive all over the Northeast. I'm talking Boston, Maine, New Hampshire, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New York, New Jersey, occasionally Philly. Uh, don't think I ever went to Vermont. Vermont's just kind of, you know, here be dragons kind of a thing. Um, and I would drop these off with the dealership. And it says on the very front, paying money for generic digital marketing that makes you look like everyone else is completely nuts. So I would just walk into the dealership. I would just walk right up to the receptionist. I, you know, I would know the name of the dealer or the general manager I was looking to speak to. And I'd say, you know, Hey, can you please give these to Kyle? Thank you. Have a nice day. Walk out later on that week, make a phone call. Hi, is Kyle there? Yeah. You know, and, and you know, you know, when you call a gatekeeper and they give you like that, just slightly, slightly, like a little bit longer than it should be paused before they're like, may I ask who's oh, yeah. calling? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, uh, this is Todd Friedman. I was the one that dropped off the peanuts to him the other day. Oh, okay. Hold on a minute. And it's like, boom. Cause now it's like, you know, yeah, I I'm just another vendor, but I provided something that, you know, they're going to remember me by. And then when I call and it might, it might even be a little bit of a joke to the gatekeeper, but it's like, oh yeah. Hey, you know, uh, Renee, this is Todd. I was the guy last week that dropped off the peanuts. I was just wondering if he ever got him. Yeah, he got him. Is he there? Can, can he talk for a second? And nine times out of 10, I would at the, at the very bare bones minimum, get on the phone with them for 30 seconds. And then it was just a matter of, Hey, can we meet? Some of them would say yes. A lot of them said no, but that's what I did for probably like a good year. I put 60,000 miles on my car in one year, just driving around the Northeast, handing these out. And it, it built me the base of my business that I, a lot of it, I still have today, actually. That's fantastic. I, I love yeah. it. I, I love it. I've said that's fantastic multiple times this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. No, I, I mean, I, I love the idea. I think, you know, some of the coolest things that I took away from that, Todd, is one, obviously the ingeniousness of the, the peanut trick, right? I love that. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you keep a photocopy of the check from your, your first large deal, that's fantastic. 
That's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's, it's something that you really don't know how to appreciate until it happens yep. until you get that large deal until you sign the, that contract that like yep. is, I mean, yep. honestly, it's life-changing. And dude, I, I still remember it. Like, like it was yesterday. It, it actually, it took probably what I think that deal actually took about three months to close. Yeah. So I, so here's actually what I did the first time. So, um, you know, I would do my research, like, you know, which, which dealerships need my help. Okay. So I found this one. It was about, you know, 35 minutes, 40 minutes south of Boston, not too far from like the Rhode Island border. So the first day I went, what I did is I went to the Dunkin' Donuts down the street, got a box of munchkins and a box of Joe, and I just brought them in and said, Hey, how's it going? My name's Todd. I'm a digital marketing guy. You know, just dropping these off for you guys. Enjoy. And then like, the sales manager just came over to me. Is like, what are these for? And I just, you know, I just introduced myself, told him a little bit about myself. What I do is like, well, you need to talk to the general sales manager. He's, um, he's not in today. This is his day off. Come in, you know, like Tuesday next week and he'll be here. So I said, fuck that. So I went the next day. I had, you know, my little iPad mini with a couple of different things to show him. And I sat down with the guy and he's like, we've, we've, we've been looking for a guy like you, like we, we need this right now. And he's like, all right, like, so just do me a favor. Send me everything that you just showed me. The owner's really old school. I just, I need some time to sell them. I'm like, fair enough. So I did month passed, month and a half passed, called him up. It was a little annoyed. He's like, just, just give me time, man. Just give me time. I'm like, okay. So finally one day, I think in like mid July, he calls me up and he's like, all right, come on in, you know, like, uh, Friday this week, bring your a plus game. I'm like, you got it. So went in, it was like me, the general sales manager, the sales manager, the owner, and like the owner's two sons, one of whom ran the service department sat down. I was probably in there like an hour and a half. Uh, you could probably see the sweat that was forming underneath my armpits, but like <laughs> at the very, at the very end of it, they're like, all right, listen, we, we just got to see, you know, this other vendor that we've been working with. Um, we just need to understand like exactly what we're doing with them. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably get going with you. Like, you know, later on this, like, you know, later on today or tomorrow or something I'm like, all right. So I was a little pissed, but everyone left the room. And then I was just there talking with the owner for like five, 10 minutes about it a little bit further. And his son came back in the room and the, he just looked at his son. and was just like, cut him a check. We'll, we'll figure the rest of this out later. And I just, I wasn't expecting, I'm like, I just got a deal. Like, there we go. Well, well, well I, I, and so like, I, I keep my, that check in there on occasion just to, just to remember that whole day. Yeah. Uh, Volkswagen of North Attleboro. That's awesome. That's a fantastic story. Well, Todd, thank you again for coming out. Come, or yeah, coming man. out. It's, it, we're, we're in COVID world, right? Nobody comes out. They just hop on. Um, uh, I mean, we go to Dallas. So does that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you. I'll definitely be in Dallas in May. I already got the tickets booked. Nice. Um, so last but not least, tell our, tell our listeners, tell our followers how they can get a hold of you. How can you get in touch with me? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Todd Friedman. Uh, I run in the apex crew. So if you're connected to Kyle, you can very easily find me. Uh, you can check out my company website, Karali marketing. That's K I R A L Y marketing. If you speak Hungarian, you know what that means. You can check me out on Instagram at toddfriedman.nyc, like New York City, because that's where I live. Uh, I'm trying to think where else, where else. I, I, I do have a new phone sites, like uh, virtual business card 
I'm just in the process of building it. I think it's, uh, I think it's connectwithtodd.net. Let me just, uh, let me verify that. I think that's what I set up. One second. Uh, yeah, connect with Todd. That's Todd with two D's.net. That should be up and running pretty shortly. Awesome. Well, again, thank you very much for coming on. I'm very, very happy that you joined us. So for our yeah, listeners man, out there, awesome. For our followers, thank you again for making this podcast hitting the charts. And I hope you enjoyed Todd's episode. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on Slaying the Sale. If you're interested in knowing more about Kyle, make sure you head over to his website, theslaymakermethod.com, and pick up a copy of his best-selling books. Then head to Facebook to join his private group, Slaymaker Sales Mastery, to become the number one salesperson in your company. And until next time, remember to keep slaying the sale.